On the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly. Here's Dominic Catronio. What a day in the city of Milwaukee. Pat Murphy is the 20th manager in Milwaukee Brewers franchise history. It is official, ink to paper. He's joined by Ricky Weeks as his associate manager, all official today. Plenty of audio from those guys coming to your headphones now. I'm Dominic Catronio. Thanks for making us a part of your Thursday night. Uh, I, I tell you what, I, I hope you watched or listened to the introductory press conference today because it uh, reminded everybody that Pat Murphy can run a room, man. He is a, he's just a great dude. Now, let me backtrack here for a second. I want to tell a quick story at the top here about Pat Murphy. So, for those of you who don't know, I'm a Sun Devil. Arizona State covered the baseball team there after Murphy was gone, though. Uh, I was there a couple of different regimes, and if you're familiar with how it ended at Arizona State, it, it wasn't entirely Pat's fault. Quite frankly, if you ask me, it's not Pat's fault at all. Uh, the former athletic director's fault, Lisa Love, but that could be a conversation for another day. Pat was at an ASU fall ball practice, I remember, in between the 2015 and 2016 MLB seasons, you know, before really going all in on the big league pro side of things, uh, joining Craig Council and everything with that nature after being the interim manager in San Diego. And I, that was my first time meeting him. And, you know, at the time, I'm a sophomore in college, just saying, hey, Murph, you know, heard a lot about you, just wanted to say hello, wish you well. I covered the team here now. At the time, it was Tracy Smith, who was, ironically, this is how it all gets tied in, Tracy Smith, the head coach at the time of Arizona State, and Pat Murphy had a relationship. Pat, he allowed Pat to come back to Arizona State, given how it had ended. And now Tracy is managing, or is the head coach, rather, at the University of Michigan, which is where Jack Council is headed to school right now. So it, it's kind of wild how sometimes this small baseball world gets all sucked in together. So uh, I've known Murph for a little while now through ASU. I texted some people near and dear to him that coached against him, and they are thrilled for the man. And I, I look at today as an introduction because a lot of people see Murph as and yes, I'm going to keep calling him Murph because it feels weird for me to call him Pat. But I know it's it's Pat Murphy. Understand that when we say Murph, it's Pat Murphy. Nothing. No one says your full name in baseball, nope. as we all know. Everything is ends in an E or is shortened. You know, I'm Dom. Period. End of story. That it's not Dominic. It's no one could say Catronio. Heavens be so. It's Dom, right? So it's Murph. Anyway. Today, I think, was a fun day just to let Murph's personality show. Because a lot of people see this gruff, fiery bench coach holding up the fingers when he's, you know, giving the replay out to council, or he's been tossed a few times, obviously, never smiling in the dugout, if you will. But that's not Murph. And he's serious in the dugout, but don't be fooled by the rough exterior one of my favorite lines today from him was talking about his leadership style is balancing love and discipline and sometimes they're equal and he he really talked about the fact that you have to be able to fill both of those cups and understand that this game will beat you down and is it a buzzword it is it a cliche absolutely but it's a new way of looking at it for me i really enjoyed hearing i i look at love 
and discipline. They have to be sometimes equal, most of the time more love than discipline. But one can't exist without the other. And I thought that was very interesting for Murph of the way that he goes about things. And he also talked about the fact that back in his colleges, I asked him, hey, when you were in college, you're going to hear him talk about this a little bit later on in the show. I asked him, you know, it's still baseball, right? You've got a thousand wins under your belt in the college ranks. And yes, a very small stint in San Diego. And he revealed, I mean, he found out at 7 a.m. the morning that he was going to be the interim manager for a noon game, right? He never got the chance to get his footing in San Diego. And then he was shown the door at the end of the year anyway. So Pat now gets this opportunity to establish himself. And the best part of it, as Matt Arnold mentioned, the continuity The team already knows him, and furthermore, the coaching staff knows him. The entire coaching staff, obviously aside from council, is back, every single one of them. And almost everybody was in attendance today that could make it without prior engagements. Uh, That was really cool to see, you know, for one press conference and for some, you know, initial meetings and things like that. That was really cool to see the entire assistant coaching staff, most of the entire assistant coaching staff there as well. And we also uh, introduced... Ricky Weeks as well. More on Ricky in a moment, but of course, uh, the the words from Pat Murphy, his opening statement went like this. I mean, it's a, it's an honor. It really is an honor. I understand how coveted these jobs are, and I've had my eyes wide open for the last eight years here, and um, yeah, it's, it's a great challenge. He also told a story about how he has connections with Milwaukee. He's always felt this connection with Milwaukee and that his first time in the city was 1987, and the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel has the, the link inside of the recap today written by Todd Rosiak and Kurt Hogue of the original story of why he was in Milwaukee in 1987. It was to recruit Craig Council to Notre Dame. Also was recruiting Sal Bando Jr., and he mentioned how he and Sal had dinner that night and another Small world, Sal Bando is a legendary Sun Devil. And if you you know got one eye on Thursday Night Football tonight, Sal Bando and Al Michaels were classmates at Arizona State. So anyway, I digress. That was his first time. He always felt the connection. Obviously, it worked recruiting Craig Council to go to Notre Dame. And then he was back in 2007 when they were honoring the Milwaukee Braves World Series champion team in 1957. So that day, he mentioned that he met Bob Uecker for the first time. And if... You know, down in batting practice every day, you and Murph are just splitting each other's sides. It's really fun to watch their relationship. They are two baseball lifers, and uh, they have been uh, a really, 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 really huge in- like influences on me and resources for me to just talk about baseball with those guys. It's really incredible. And then by the end of it, you're, you're laughing your brains out. He also mentioned that day that he met. Ricky Weeks for the first time, and, and Ricky stole the show right off the top. Um, I'm, I'm just ready to get started right now. So, again, I'm thank you. Uh, thank you to the city of Milwaukee. Mark, Matt, Murph, let's fucking go. <laughs> it was awesome. It was just so awesome. We're sitting there. It, it, it's a packed house, you know, standing room only. The aisles in the press conference room were full of other Brewers staffers just sitting like on the stairs because every single chair was f- was filled between family, between broadcasters, the coaching staff, uh, other front office members, the media, and and you just had this roaring laugh in the moment with Ricky Reeks being introduced of just how excited and how honored he was to get the job. So I've talked a lot about Murph. 
Let's hear from Ricky himself. That's coming up on the other side of the break. Ricky Weeks joining us here on 620 WTMJ. I taped this earlier in the in the morning after the press conference. Ricky's coming up next. If you got some questions, thoughts, comments, 855-616-1620. We are live tonight, 855-616-1620. That's the Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. One more time, 855-616-1620. You can call or text. Ricky Weeks coming up next on WTMJ. Welcome back here on Brewers Weekly. I'm Dominic Catronio. Ricky Weeks is with us right now here, the new associate manager of the Milwaukee Brewers. Hearing that title, how does that make you feel first and foremost? No, it feels good. Um, I definitely feel good. I mean, you know, if you hit a press conference, uh, but, you know, for me, just going through the whole process and kind of understanding, you know, what it really means, um, coming back and, you know, being inside the dugout again, you know, really does feel good. Over the last year in the player development side of things with the Brewers, did this ever pop into the back of your mind, like being on the big league bench, being able to help out a big league coaching staff once again? Um, yes and no. Um, I think, uh, again, like I said, um, I think the process, was, it was always there, I think. Uh, uh, kind of the way I got into baseball and, and, and then my job uh, in here now these past couple of years. Uh, but at the same time, um, it, it never really fully, fully piqued my interest until the, you know, the, the, you know, the opportunity presented itself. So, again, like I said, I'm, I'm so happy to be here right now and uh, you know, I'm ready to get started. With a lot of fans seeing your name in this press release and being like being part of the coaching staff, obviously memories of your time here as a player. What are you looking to draw from those teams that you're on, some serious fan favorite teams, into what the 2024 Brewers will look like? Well, yeah, you know, we got to realize it. You know, this two, it, it is 2023 right now, 2024 season coming up. So uh, players are, are there. They are a little different. Um, I do have some uh, some some experience and kind of this wave of this, you know, I guess new day player per se. Uh, so th- things are a little different, but um, I, I think there's some characteristics and attributes that, you know, you have to have as a club. And and I think uh, Pat knows that, and and that's that's why I'm, you know, um, I'm in this position to help him uh, along. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I think we fully understand what this really means and, and, and what we're trying to do. And you've seen a lot of baseball. You know, you mentioned the consulting role that you've been in. You've been helping college, coach, college coaches, high school coaches. In the modern game, obviously it's different than when he played, but not that much different. Is there, like, thoughts or certain bits of analysis that maybe people would surprise you know, that you enjoy about the new game that maybe didn't exist when you played? 100%. Um, I'm a big believer in... Um, I, I I love the flair. Um, I, I love the emotion behind baseball, um, but also do believe that you can't do that until you you, you put in the work and your hustle and and, and and you know you are that type of player. Uh, but again, and like I said, uh, the back and forth of the the flair in the game, I love it. I love it a lot. When you look back at your career, were there influences in a leadership role that you look up to that you're going to draw to try to say, I want to manage or associate manage coach like that guy did for me when I was coming up? Um, I don't put no name on there, but, you know, you see guys, I don't know, you see guys like Dusty Baker. Uh, you see guys, um, I mean, I, honestly, my, my, my first coach, Ned Yost, um, there, there was some attributes to obviously being young uh, uh, and being impressionable. Um, things that you take, you know, you take from those guys and you kind of build off that. Um, again, you know, it's just years and years of just watching and seeing the game um, and from a different perspective and not being on this side for, for the past couple of years. Um, you just plug and play, you know, a whole lot of things that you've seen. How excited are you for your family to be back in Milwaukee and to enjoy this? You mentioned in the press conference how 
practically raised on a baseball field, being from here almost per se, and to see you wear a uniform again too. The little family thing has got to be great, right? No, hundred percent. You know, I think you know I got a baseball junkie as a son right now, so uh, he he uh, he was so pumped when he uh, when I finally told him and. Uh, the wife and kids are back home, so uh, man, right now we're just uh, man, we're just totally excited overall. Um, honestly, um, I really can't wait till all this is really over, so we got to get you out to, to actual work. So I'm just excited all you know all the way around. Now, on a lighter note, you did you know. Let make it clear how excited you are to play here, you know, uh, like an, an LFG. Yes. But we are still on the radio here, but can you put it into words how excited you are? I, I think that yeah. does it in itself, but, like, I can hear it just talking to you. Like, you want to put on a uniform and get out there right now and manage a game tomorrow. Uh, man, 100%. I think, you know, the, the I think the passion's there, um, the genuine uh, and ability to help players it, it has always been there. Um, and, again, I mean, like I said, I, I I can't mix my words any more than that right there. So, again, I just want to go out there and try to help the team win um, at, at, in, in, in all facets uh, to help out uh, Murphy here and, uh, you know, get guys in the right position. How did you get 23? Did you have to pry it from Quentin, or did was there a negotiation there? How did it all work out? You know, we're not going to go there right now. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's sore subject, it sounds like. There, there, there you go. It, it, it's okay. It's okay. For it's all good. Ricky Reeks, thank you so much for joining us here on WTMJ. Best of luck this season. Looking forward to getting to know you more. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, Ricky Weeks here. We're back with more after this on WTMJ. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Good work there. It's an easy fight song, though. It's pretty generic. Um, yeah, that's ASU's fight song. Uh, believe it is called Fight for the Old Maroon. Um, maroon and Gold. Welcome back, Dom Catronio. This is Brewers Weekly with you till the top of the hour. We've heard from Ricky Weeks. Up in this segment, we're going to hear from Matt Arnold and Pat Murphy, interviewed by Greg Matzik. Now, this is going to be part of a longer-form piece that will be posted to our website tomorrow on WTMJ.com. We'll have it linked up to you. We'll be able to share it over. This is kind of a teaser of what's to come in that conversation. I really think you're going to like what's in that. Before we get to that, reminder, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. The Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank. Get old. Let's get to those lines. Doug and Baraboo, you're back. Welcome back here on Brewers Weekly. Uh, good, after- <laughs> good good evening, Dom. Boy, I'll tell you what. After the shock, it was nice to have some uh, comic. Uh, relief with with Murph, and also some uh, relief that we're uh, as fans we feel that we're in uh, good hands. Now I had a question um, versus uh, associate manager and bench coach uh, for uh, Ricky Weeks. Is there a reason they they made that uh, you know distinction or designation, or is is there more connotations to a, an associate manager versus a bench coach? Slightly, I, I, the the Brewers did talk about this today. They were asked, and they said because they feel Ricky's role is going to be beyond going to be beyond just being a bench coach, right? They they want to see him as a role model for all the young players that are going to be on this team, right? He's not just going to be you know making sure the lineups are typed correctly and things of that nature. They see him as somebody that's got some serious serious credibility. And this is what they had to say earlier today. We wanted to establish that Ricky Weeks is going to be a major impact, and it demands a bigger leadership title. So uh, Pat Murphy also then joke like well i wanted that title too but they never gave it to me but that's basically they're just trying to say they want ricky to do more than just be a bench coach okay great yeah good good show it's fun fun day 
Very fun day. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for reaching out once again. So here we're going to hear from the man who hired him, the man who was hired, and Greg Matzik. Again, this is going to be all posted tomorrow, Friday the 17th, for you to enjoy. This is an extended conversation with uh, Matt Arnold and Pat Murphy together with Greg Matzik and uh, talking a little bit about the hiring process. At the very end of it, talk a little bit about counsel and that relationship. And then in the next segment, we'll talk a little bit about Craig Council and kind of put that bow on it here uh, to to move on from everything that happened in the week that was in Brewers and Cubs baseball. But here's Greg, Matt, and Pat from earlier today. You said something interesting during your introductory press conference that if you could sort of think back to the time you were in college, you, you kind of makes you cringe. What would Pat Murphy today say to Pat Murphy, the 28-year-old, the young 30-something, who's winning all these games thinking he's on top of the world? Yeah, learn learn the game, man. Learn the game. Learn learn what coaching's all about. Um, chill out. You know what I mean? You ain't that good. You know what I mean? Um, but you can get there because my heart was in the right place. I wanted to help these guys feel like a million bucks. I wanted them to walk to the dish feeling like a million bucks. I wanted the other team to go, holy shit, we're playing them. And I wanted them to be uncomfortable. But the manner that I went about it sometimes was, I think was inappropriate. The foundation of what you just said, that has to exist at the major league level, right? I would think so, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the only way I know how to do it. So, I mean, it's in there, you know, and it's what, what you want players to, to walk out in the field and, and feel. Yeah. Matt, you came in 2015? At the end of... October of 2015, I think it was. I think, Okay, so you had a similar timeline, Yeah. right? The both of you sort of come into the organization from outside, very different walks of life. You're from San Diego, came from Tampa. Had you ever had thoughts of identifying Pat as a managerial candidate? Not necessarily for Milwaukee at the time, but over the course of time getting to know Pat, you think to yourself, man, this, yeah, this... This guy's got a world of talent and experience. He'd be perfect. Of course, yeah. I mean, you 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 spend enough time with a guy, and the, and the, like you said earlier, the resume that he has, and when you talk enough baseball, and and all the ways that he wants to win, and and will find ways to win, and and provide an edge for your team, yeah, that's going to be an advantage to any team. And so, yeah, I think he's had this uh, in him for a long time, and it goes back to the track record of winning well before I even met him. You use the word continuity to start the your press conference today, Matt. Some people view that as, well, it's the easy hire. He's just there, right? It's just the easy way out. It wasn't an exhaustive search. What do you say to those responses? I would say that we spent an inordinate amount of time on this and and um, really, you know, cast, like I said, we cast an extremely wide net. Um, and again, I think that it speaks volumes to, you know, Pat and, you know, and Ricky and, and all the people here that this is this is these are the people that we want to bet on. You know what he really is, wants to say to you? He wants to say, "Do you think hiring this guy is easy? There's nothing <laughs> easy about it." He knows that. No. He, he wants to say that. You know, like you don't know this guy very well if you think that's the easy hire. <laughs> no, no. Well, I hadn't thought about that. But you're, no, you're, no like, you know I'm right. Wait, did, who grilled who in the interview process? It's, no, it's, it's, we've been grilling each other for years. It's, it's, that's why I love him. And so, yeah. look, it's it's. Uh, there's, not an easy hire. There's nothing I easy. I guess that's, for him, that's why I hadn't thought about that when you put it that way. There's nothing easy about that, but it's 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 the right thing to do. You know, it really is. It's it's going to be. I'm really excited about it. How will you push each other? Because Pat, you want to win. 
right? This team is 92 wins last year, division championship. And there are some who believe, well, they lost their manager. This thing is going downhill. But you don't take this job if things are going downhill. No, I still take the job if things are going you downhill. Do. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, it's a chance to manage in the big leagues. Um, but I'm, you can call it going downhill anyway. You can predict it. You can do anything you want. It's our job to prevent it and then build from there. You know? So I don't. Yes, I would have taken the job if it was going downhill. Yes, I would have taken the job if whatever. I, I wanted this opportunity to lead, and it's it's very special. You guys can measure it in wins. That's fine. I probably will, too, in so many ways. But um, there's more to this job. There's more things to do that are really gratifying. You know, the impact you can have on people. The, um, you know, the message you can s- send to so many people. Like, that's what coaching is. Not Not every great coach is in the Hall of Fame. Not every great, you know, um, legendary college football coach gets the the press that Bear Bryant or, you know, Lou Holtz gets, you know. Um, So it's about coaching the profession. It's it's awesome. So these opportunities come, you take them. It doesn't matter. You're not looking for it to be up or down or whatever. That's that's for you guys to predict, you know. You know, Matt, as I look at everything that's transpired over the last week or so, and, and you may have felt this coming, when a manager gets to a free agency, it's maybe not a great sign that he'll return. The idea that, and I think it's a perception, but perhaps it's 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 true, that Craig felt he just was ready for a different challenge, that the opportunity to win a World Series was better elsewhere. Does that sting at all to you as someone who architects the roster and tries to put the team in place to be successful, and a team that won 92 games last year? Yeah, look, I, I think um, I don't want to get into the mind of, of Craig and, and all the ingredients that went into his decision. Um, I know that, and Pat mentioned this earlier, you know, we've, we've put a, a good product on the field here for a long time, and I think Craig has been a huge part of that. He really has, and I think it's our job to find a way to get us to that next level. You know, that's, that's what we're about, because we've, we've done a lot here and a lot of good, um, Craig has been an enormous part of that. I'm certainly thankful for my relationship with Craig. Um, I know Pat is as well. Um, but, you know, this is a new chapter for us, and, and I'm excited to, to take the next step with Pat and with everybody here. You got to know Craig over your time with the Brewers. You obviously have known Craig for 37 years. Uh, that relationship as strong as ever? I think so. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll ever change. You can't go through all that you know what i mean like uh, recruiting him as a player crushing him his first three years there and then developing a, a deeper uh next level uh relationship and then through the minor leagues through the big leagues you know through starting out in coaching like and then being next to him for eight years no, nothing's ever going to break that no no single baseball game no but uh, are we going to try to beat their ass hell yes you know what i mean but the relationship will stay. You can say that on the radio. You can. I double-checked it. Don't come at me, FCC. I already bleeped out something else today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about counsel. Okay, so I'm just going to contain it into a segment coming up next. I just want to kind of get it over with. There's a lot of negativity. If you've been listening to me for the last year and a half, not a negativity guy. But let's be real for a second here. Let's hear from counts. Let's put that to bed and not think about it again until Memorial Day weekend. I'm serious. I, I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Pat Murphy's been hired. Craig Council's been hired. 
We'll talk about it again Memorial Day. That's it. All right, this next segment's the last time I'm going to talk about Craig Council. All right, stay with us. WTMJ. So Craig Council was announced on Monday. Pat Murphy announced today on Thursday. As, you know, the, the aftershocks have cooled. The earthquake happened last week, and this is all air quotes. The instant reaction, and still the reaction by some on Twitter, is 100% understood. I don't want this next segment for me, Dom Catronio, to come off as, well, Dom, you're not from here. You don't understand. This is the Cubs we're talking about. You're right. Like, the fact that his name's being thrown there on level footing as Brett Favre is wild. I mean, and it's true. Like, I sit here and think about it. it this hurts if I were a Packer fan. You know, hold it against me if you want to. But if I were a Packer fan, this feels different. Because there was that year buffer, and then he went to the Vikings. Whereas this is, boom, ripped off the Band-Aid. You still thought you had a chance of keeping him. No retire, unretire. There's a little bit of that, but then it was clear he was going to manage this year. And boom, gone to Chicago. I will stand by this point, though. I, I get why you're mad because it's the Cubs. But if it was, I would say, 27 other teams, the one other team would have been St. Louis. The other 27 teams, not, this reaction doesn't come out of you. Period. And you'd be like, okay, Council did the, his best he could here. It didn't work out. He was ready for a new challenge. And I'm going to play some audio from his press conference uh, earlier this week about, I think this was already written in the cards for him. He was, and if you can hold this, this is your call. If you want to hold hold it against him, that he revealed he was starting to think about it two years ago, leaving Milwaukee, not just this year. And quite frankly, if there was a chance that the Brewers could have matched or anything they could have done to keep him in Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, look, I think, I don't know. I really don't. Um, you know, I, I, I was having kind of feelings of like, when am I going to do something different? What's the next challenge um, for a while? Um, and, and so there's no, I don't think there's a right answer to that and an easy answer to that. Um, you know, we got to this point, um, you know, a, a, an incredible opportunity was put in front of me, um, one that kind of answered a lot of the things that had been running around in my head for a long, for, for a little bit, um, and, and so the decision was made. He wanted the challenge. I'm not saying it's not a challenge here in Milwaukee. There are different challenges in their own rights. And let's be honest, Craig Council accomplished everything in Milwaukee except for one thing, winning a World Series. And I guess technically winning Manager of the Year. But getting it runner-up four times in a place like Milwaukee is really, really impressive. But he's the all-time winningest manager. No one has more. He has 700 wins to his name in Milwaukee. 500, over 500 record. One of the longest tenured managers in one place in today's game of baseball where nobody stays longer than five years. So let, let's start to move on here. Now, I mentioned Memorial Day. That's going to be the first time these two teams face each other in the regular season. Of course, they'll see each other in spring training as well, but those games don't count. But what it means for Craig Council to be facing the Brewers? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be for sure. Um I recognize that. Um, 
cross that bridge when we get to it. I feel like I got a long way to go before I get there. Um, lots of lots of things to uh, to accomplish before that. But it, you know, it's. I think I, I look at it a little bit as a, a time thing. Like time time eases all that, and it'll it'll pop back up that weekend or that week, whenever it is. Um, but but time will time will help all that. I literally said that when the news broke over on ninety four five. I said, "Look, you're going to be mad for maybe a few months. And then you see Craig Council on the dugout. It's not going to feel so weird. Time heals all wounds." Do they cheer, or Boo? I think they're going to mix it because there's going to be so many Cubs fans here. You're going to hear a lot of cheers from the Cubs fans. I think there are going to be a handful of Brewers fans that boo. You can do that. You're allowed to do that. I'm not going to sit here and say, you should boo him or you should cheer him. I'm not going to do that because that's the fan's call. That's not my call. And that's, I, I for me, I have such a different upbringing in baseball. I have a hard time rooting for teams. I root for people. And I, I, I think for Craig, you know, it, it feels weird to see him in Cubs. We'll see how it goes. I don't think it, it, it's as... You know, nasty of a breakup as some people have made it out to be. I think, I think both sides are at peace now. And also, Pat Murphy. This is. I also want to make this clear about Murph. I am sick of people saying, "Oh, but he's sixty-five years old." Shut up! I hope when you're sixty-five and people are calling you old, you'll be like, "Wait, wait, wait! I'm not old, right? My dad's sixty-four tomorrow. He's not old. Not." My dad lifts every day. He's calling games every day. Like 65 is not old. Okay? Don't give me that. I, I, I hate that. This dude has spent a lifetime in baseball. He is part of the reason Craig Council is the man that he is today. A big part of the, the reason. Enti- I'd say almost entirely. I wouldn't say entirely. I mean, he still is on Kickstarted. He helped. And Pat Murphy's seen a lot in this game. Give him a chance. Give him a- and Ricky Weeks has seen a lot in this game. Give them a fair chance. So, as for the team they're going to manage, let's start talking about the actual team, right? Some some headlines, some trades this week. React to a couple of those, some minor trades, and then tomorrow's a very big day for the roster. I'll tell you why here in a second here on WTMJ. A couple of texts here, 855-616-1620, if you want to get them in here before the end of the program, going to the top of the hour. This one from Mike and Kohler. This is the last time I'm going to text about Craig Council, LOL, but maybe... It was time to move on. And the bonehead move putting Winker in two games in a row wasn't the only bad move in the previous playoffs, too. Hey, Winker is gone. Craig Council is gone. We don't have to talk about it anymore. Exhale, absolutely. Matt Sossler, our producer here on WTMJ. And this text from the 262, I like the hire slash promotion of Murphy, but you're wrong about how angry the fans are. We still boo Machado for his dirty play, and that was how long ago. No, I'm not. I'm agreeing. You're allowed to boo. I'm I'm straight up. Like, go for it. I'm, I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to disagree with you either. Like, you feel slighted. You can boo. Sure. I'm fine with that. But it's not for me to judge because there's no cheering in the press box. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that day. All right. No more Craig Council talk. Boom. Not talking about it again until Memorial Day. Boom. It's a, a, November 16th. Hold me to it. I'm not talking about counts anymore. Okay, I'm done. Other people want to make their whole entire winter shows about that. Not naming any names. But, no, we're done. Let's start talking about the team. Tomorrow's a big day. Tomorrow's the non-roster, or tomorrow's the non-tender deadline. So what that means, I've explained it on last week's show, non-tender basically means we're cutting you. Plain and simple, you're a free agent. Don't have to be arbitration eligible. 
basically saying, we're not tendering you a contract. See you later. Thank you for your service. You're a free agent. You're, you're free to go. The, the two main names on this list are certainly fan favorites. Rowdy Telez, poor year, extreme platoon splits, league to below league average defender at first base, not healthy most of the year, a question to be had. But then the, the follow-up to that is, well, who do you have to replace him? So the Brewers are still testing the market out at first base. Would they tender Rowdy Telez? It would be somewhere in the 4 to $5 million arbitration range. That's how it works. You get a raise. You can only get a 20% pay cut, and it takes extraordinary circumstances to get that. I, I, I go back and forth. I think it's a coin flip. I really do think it's a coin flip on Rowdy Telez because the Brewers don't have a solution immediately ready for first base right now. And you don't want to be left out in the cold if somebody else swoops up Reese Hoskins or if somebody else swoops up Jamer Candelario. If someone else swoops up. There's not many free agents available. And you feel like the market's going to get really, really spicy when Cody Bellinger gets signed because Cody's a versatility of playing first base in center field. So you might need to be the ones to be early on Reese to make sure you get something. If you're going to get Reese Hoskins, maybe they're thinking of somebody that I'm not even thinking about. Given they let Mark Canna go, they traded him. They weren't going to pick up the option, so they went for the trade. They feel they have something cooking at first base. So that's one of the other non-tender, uh, non-tender candidates. And the other is a controversial one. It's Brandon Woodruff. The case for and the case not to tender or non-tender Brandon Woodruff. To be or not to be. The case for. It's the right thing to do. But I'd counter that and say, give me a two-year deal. Let's Let's just meet in the middle on a deal of saying, hey, even if you get healthy, say, in July, and you start throwing side sessions, and you start throwing rehab games, and you're just proving that you're healthy to people, and if the Brewers aren't in it, eh, you're probably not going to force yourself back ahead of free agency. Totally get that. So let's go for a two-year deal, send you off into the sunset the right way to make sure you get something out of your investment of Brandon Woodruff these last five-plus years. That's what I would do. I think that sends a message to the rest of the league. You know what? The Brewers, man, that that, that was a really classy thing they did to keep Woodruff on for a second year. I, I don't think letting it ride for one year is an option. I think you either keep him for two or you non-tender him. And the reason why you non-tender him is because, well, he's now been hurt a lot the last two years. And you're unclear if he's going to pitch at all in 2024. Here's what Matt Arnold had to say about that. We had, um, frankly, very little uh, of Brandon Woodruff last year, you know, and so that's that's something that is is uh, is on our mind. But, but the reality is, we we didn't have a lot of him um, last year to to help us. When he was around, he was excellent. Um, but we know how good he can be, um, you know. But when it comes to the the team as a whole, sure. And anytime you you don't have somebody like Brandon Woodruff. There's no question it impacts how you how you build a team, um, and we're just going to have to find a way to to, to fill those innings, and um, we're working hard at that right now. We're we're continuing to evaluate our team every day, um, and so we still have a lot of work to do. But we have a long off season, um, and it goes into the season. You know, we've made trades early in the season to continue to help our team. Uh, we want to be aggressive to help the team and uh, give Pat and the, and the coaches the best players we can to to win games. So the 40 man roster right now is at 37. And they've already added Oliver Dunn, who was acquired from the Phillies this week. He's a second baseman, mostly listed as an infielder. 
He's already on the 40-man, so they anticipate him being a left-handed hitter, maybe contributing to the team at some point this season. Uh, off the 40-man, of course, Mark Canna and Abraham Toro, who was traded last night to Oakland, probably indicating that Abraham Toro would have been a non-tender as well. And then you've got other options to figure out if you're going to tender Clayton Andrews, J.B. Bukowskis, Jemai Jones, Ethan Small, Chiago Vieira. Those kind of guys are the decisions that you're going to hear about tomorrow. While they added Bradley Blaylock, who was acquired in the Luis Urias trade, and they added Jefferson Caro, top catching prospect, could be in the big leagues at some point this year, to the 40-man roster as well. We'll have more roster talk in next week's show ahead of Thanksgiving. Up next, though, I want to talk about something near and dear to my heart, the Oakland A's. Today was a big day for Oakland as we get ready to wrap up the show after this on WTMJ. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ, WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. couple last-second texts here. Mike in Colorado, congrats to new Brewers manager Pat Murphy. Very pleased with the choice and the decision. Makes sense. And to see Ricky Weeks moving up in a key role is a good thing, too. And Barb and Racine won't boo. I'd rather cheer Murphy. And I also hope Woodruff Brokers a two-year deal. Okay, real quick. Got about 90 seconds to talk about the Oakland A's. Uh, I grew up going to the Coliseum. Uh, obviously, my dad works for the Oakland A's, if you weren't already familiar. Uh, I have seen the Coliseum rocking. Today... Major League Baseball owners unanimously, unanimously voted to move them to Vegas. And I think that's a crock of you-know-what. Not a single one of them stood up and said, we're going from one of the biggest markets in baseball to the smallest. Vegas is considered as small as Milwaukee. Not a single one of them stood up saying, this isn't right. This isn't right. I know there are hurdles and challenges of creating a new ballpark in Oakland. I know. I get it. They were close. COVID ruined it. The rooted in Oakland thing. Everything. It's not that simple. I also, I know there's a lot of vitriol here about the public money being used to American Family Field that was passed this week. But now they're here till 2050. And you don't got to worry about it at all. Till 2050. Think about that for a second. As Oakland is losing its team in the next year, they're not going to play in the Coliseum beyond next season. So if you want to go see our dump, our baseball's last dive bar, Brewers are playing there next August, come on out and see us. I love you, Oakland A's fans. You guys have been great to me and my family. You guys deserve better. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a heck of a day. Until next time, keep on swinging.